Nothing here is real. We are living in a simulation. Don't believe me? Good. We'll start from there. Episode 19. Reality Check-In. So, still technically a Saturday episode, and my weekend episodes diverge from the sort of in in character <laughs> uh, speeches. Um, it's, it's beyond midnight. Uh, in fact, it is not quite one, two, three, four. Uh, and I'm very tired because <laughs> it was a very long day. But a uh, a fourteen hour uh, work day today, um, even though it was a Saturday. So. For people who might not be aware of what I do for a living, and I'm, I have to pinch myself every once in a while that this is what I do for a living, and I have to also um, grimace <laughs> because uh, it can be hard and it's not stuff that I've been explicitly trained for. I'm the station manager of a campus-based community radio station in my city. Um, I've had that position for about two years and another decade beyond that on staff, and then another I don't know, 15 years or so uh, as a volunteer and holding various positions. And today we did our fund drive. That's what we always called it, our fundraiser. Um, we haven't done a, an on-air fundraiser for quite some time, actually. So it's it's uh, it's nice to get back into the practice. Um, this week, the entire week was a uh, fun drive, uh, and but today was the, the end. And it has become, it's not exactly tradition, but it's certainly something that I look forward to both as uh, an activity uh, and um, as a staple that I think I want to increase. That's, we do a full day of live broadcasting, which, you know, sounds like, hey, don't you do that all the time? But in fact, most of our broadcasting is pre-recorded. Um, or it is broken up by pre-recorded programs or even syndicated programs. So, um, in reality, there's not a lot of times to cross over. So I'm, I'm really a big fan of that possibility. It wasn't as much crossover as, uh, it could have been, I think this, this today, but it was good. We did do the full 12 hours. Um, and I was behind the scenes for most of the day, uh, which means I was really in my office monitoring things on hand to, um, to do things if needed, wasn't really any technical problems, but, um, still have to be there. Uh, I did do a few other things, but I was also preparing for my stint on the schedule. I was the last two hours and, uh, I played music, which is not a format that I really do all that often. I have a regular music program. It's not live. Uh, and I've been a little bit lax in keeping new episodes. I, I did it for 10 years. So there's plenty of, of old episodes and it's explicitly timeless that, uh, that show, but it was fun sharing music live with people on the air. And it's funny because here doing this, I'm pretty relaxed. I don't know why necessarily it is much different. Um, I do live radio most of the time when I'm on radio, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm live, but 
this, I don't know, there was also the pressure of trying to represent the station, all that sort of thing. Uh, we did very well on our fundraiser um, overall. We exceeded our goal, which is always what you want to do in a fundraiser. Uh, exceeded it substantially. We're still accepting donations if you're interested. Um, I don't really want to turn this into a, a fundraiser thing, but it is part. Here's the funny thing. It is part of what we tell every volunteer is that work your networks. And uh, I think I've already mentioned it to most of you might actually know, but you can go to, and I'll give the URL once and once only, chsrfm.ca slash donate. There, given it once. And, and you, can, you can donate anytime. Um, you can donate for any reason. You know, uh, people have donated because, hey, I like your show or I like you as a person. You can certainly do that. But, uh, uh, and I, we still have some pledges coming in as well. So we've actually even done better than, um, than we know right now. Um, but it was, it was a fun experience to do the on-air live thing. Um, I didn't really have a plan. I, last night I spent an inordinate amount of time going through my music collection, just picking out stuff that I think would be interesting to play, primarily picking stuff that's either local or certainly within Canada and, and then kind of honing in on the fact that I've had a personal experience with a lot of this music. The artist has come in for an interview. I've seen them perform. Um, the, I remember, you know, playing that album for the first time, that sort of thing. And surprisingly, two hours goes by pretty quick. But I had about seven hours of music, so I wasn't really worried about it. Um, but I didn't plan what I was going to talk about, and I didn't really talk that much, unlike here. Uh, <laughs> someone described it today as, you know, most people write the paragraph and you write the essay. Well, the same thing when I speak, I suppose. But it was an interesting and a long day. Um, I'm going to be taking a, a day off uh, on Monday to try to recuperate. Uh, I'm kind of burned out a little bit. But I also wanted to be a little bit of an other reality check-in. There's been some interesting uh, feedback I've gotten, and um, and I'm very happy to see, by the way, all of the other participants, uh, even a, um, a singular uh, spot from from uh, our our host and provider, um, Greg Stepp. Very happy to hear his voice involved in all of this. But uh, Joe, Joe said something about how he was happy that this is all not real because therefore he doesn't have to care about it. And that's an interesting philosophical point that comes up from time to time in this sort of work uh, and this sort of philosophy, this kind of idea where if it's not real, it doesn't matter. And I find that interesting because I don't agree with that um, because nothing matters. It matters more. Uh, that's the absurdist point of view that the, the universe doesn't have a point. There is no, there is no why to the universe. Therefore, the only why to the universe is that what we, which we inject. That's the things that both we uh, believe are important as well as things we believe are good. Um, and so, for example, really loving a film injects that importance into the universe. The film itself has no inherent value, most likely, except for the, the entertainment value it has. It might tell a story which is resonant with you. In other words, you're kind of injecting all of this meaning. Uh, you know, if, if a movie is just floating out in space, it has no value. In fact, one might argue that things like ephemeral art, such as movies, uh, images, music, literature for that matter, you know, we're, we're increasingly discovering that the physicality of these things is largely irrelevant to their importance. Um, although we have injected importance, for example, into vinyl records and suggested, therefore, that they 
they are valuable and and uh, collectible and that sort of thing. But largely, these things that can be moved from different mediums are are um, unimportant on their own, but they're important in reflection and and, and in uh, other people's eyes, and therefore that gives them value. It's sort of a fiat currency almost. Um, and so, so you know, first of all, yes, the universe has no point, um, but that means we inject all the points, and that gives us a certain amount of power. Now, on another side of that that occurs to me, um, when we had the talk about um, uh, was it substrata indifference, something like that, uh, substrate indifference, maybe. Anyway, whatever the 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 um, material used to create uh, or to store or to um, enable sentience, um, if it's in, if it's irrelevant of the material itself. What that kind of suggests to me is that sentience itself is like all those other ephemera media. In other words, it might not have any value on its own, uh, but rather be valued by others. Now, there's a little bit of difference here in terms of of activity. Um, we believe that a sentience, uh, a sentient being, is active in the universe. They are. They are both interacting with the universe, but they're also acting upon the universe uh, and imbuing it with meaning. Uh, but but that de- that really depends upon whether the person is actually doing anything. Are they an observer? Get us into a little bit of quantum uh, mechanics or the the um, the uh, uh, double slit experiment where observers were important to the outcome of it. This is also kind of suggested that you know uh, an observer of the universe is therefore injecting meaning into the universe, coherence into the meaning into the universe. Uh, which gets you back to the simulation once more, because if a simu- if you're running a simulation, you don't want to answer the question, what does the universe mean? You want the observers, the, the actors within that uh, simulated universe to determine meaning. You also don't want to simulate all things all the time. So you leave things that aren't being observed as ambiguous. They, they have no state, they have no meaning, or alternatively, in a lot of um, quantum uh, mechanics discussions, it seems to be the opposite, where instead of having no meaning, they have all meanings simultaneously, and only collapse that wave, only uh, inject that meaning, only solidify the existence of that thing once it is observed. And so it, there's a lot of very interesting uh, uh, angles to all of this stuff. Uh, that ultimately suggests that we have the ultimate power in the universe, whether real or uh, a simulation, and we need to be careful how we exercise that power because it has ultimate effect on the universe. So therefore, yes, it's very important for you to pick up that garbage, (laughs) to act as a good person, uh, and to uh, strive to do better and to do more because that's the only thing the universe has to go by. There's a problem with that theory, or there's more than one problem with that theory, but one that occurs immediately is simply how sentio-centric it places or it creates for the universe. In other words, the universe only exists because it's observed by sentient beings. Um, and then, of course, there's the question of, of if there's different forms of sentience, uh, does it, do you get into a conflict of observation when multiple people observe the same thing? Um, 
And is it really that the observation forces the reality to solidify, no matter how many observers there are, and if a tree falls in the forest, it doesn't exist? <laughs> All right, I'm very tired, and I'm running around in circles, so I'll bring this to a close. But don't worry, today we're kind of having a bit of reality, but tomorrow it might not be real. I'll talk to you then. <laughs>